1: I will call upon you to do a service
0: for me. Play the Godfather. Now at Chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
2: VTW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Week-long series on
3: retail and saving you money wraps up today, a week before Black Friday. And if you're looking for a deal, Carrow 7's Kevin Co. shows us why you should start digging now.
4: Black Friday is more than just one day, as you probably could tell if you've been at a big retailer recently, including Best Buy, which is well known for its long lines on the early morning of Black Friday. Just because Best Buy's Black Friday sale is a week before Black Friday, it doesn't mean there won't be doorbuster deals. In fact, a trends expert with Google tells me the best time to start looking is now, because a lot of others already are.
2: We do see people start shopping for deals and their holiday shopping as early as July. Um, That said, for the most part, people are searching for deals in November. So we do see a big spike in searches for holiday deals around Black Friday and Cyber Monday.
4: Google has a plethora of tools to compare prices while you shop. And there are apps you can use, too. We have that information, plus other ways you can holiday shop for a greater purpose here in Seattle. All up. Kyro7.com. In the studio, Kevin Co, Kyro7 News.
3: Great tips and speaking of that shopping, a potential major blow for Macy's locations across western Washington just a week before Black Friday. 96 percent of Macy's union workers in western Washington say they will strike starting on Black Friday. Macy's Workers United says it's focusing efforts on the Alderwood Mall, Bellis Fair Mall in Bellingham, and South Center Mall in Tacoma. Now, that one in Tequila and South Center is where union workers say they're going to kick off the strike, but workers from all three locations will be there.
4: I don't think that they're going to be able to, uh, to staff the stores properly, and if they can, it's going to be a mess. And, and I also think that the customers aren't, aren't going to be going in.
3: Macy's United Online petition shows more than 14,000 shoppers are pledging not to shop at Macy's. We've reached out to Macy's. A company spokesperson says they are working on a response.
2: This is St. Louis Public Radio. Two of St. Louis's largest employers have expanded a program that tries to help their employees live near their work. As St. Louis Public Radio's Lauren Braneke reports, those who've used the program are seeing its benefit, and the neighborhoods are too.
5: Chelsea Clayton bought her first home with the help of a program backed by her employer.
6: So I've wanted to buy a home since I was a kid, but I always felt like, oh, there's so much you have to do to actually buy a home. You have to have this huge lump sum of money. And I'm like, I don't have that type of money. So it was always something I wanted to do. I just didn't think it would be an option for me, to be honest.
5: She bought this home four blocks north of the Del Mar Loop in the city's West End neighborhood. The program seeks to encourage home ownership and stabilize neighborhoods. It provides $12,500 in forgivable home loans to any benefits-eligible employee of Washington University or BJC. Lisa Weingarth is a senior advisor for St. Louis Initiatives at WashU.
6: And It's a forgivable loan that after five years, if the individual still lives in the home and is an employee of WashU or BJC, Um, It's 100% um, forgiven, so it really gives that person the opportunity to, you know, make that first significant investment in their new home.
5: Weingarth says that the loan can be applied to any home within the program's boundaries. It now covers parts of North County, including Florissant, Ferguson, and North University City. With this expansion, a total of 14 neighborhoods are now included. Christopher Nolan is the director of Anchor Initiatives at BJC and he says they're focused on employee and community aid. I think that the real benefit of this is that it's showing our commitment, getting into some neighborhoods and communities that have historic lack of access to capital. We have employees living in, in many of these communities, and we're trying to think about how do we leverage ourselves to have a positive impact. Again, it's really looking beyond both of our wall walls. WashU Medical Center's Redevelopment Corporation, which includes the Live Near Your Work program, has invested more than $60 million between the Central West End and Forest Park Southeast neighborhoods. That's generated $2.5 billion of public and private investments, according to university officials. The city supports the program too, and not only because of neighborhood growth. Ninth Ward Alderman Michael Browning bought his home in Forest Park Southeast with the help of the program. He received the loan while working at Washington University in 2014 and, he believes, the program has made a significant impact in his neighborhood, the place where it started in 1997.
4: It was a major benefit that allowed me and my wife to buy our first home and really find that stability that has allowed us to grow our life ever since.
5: During his campaign, Browning knocked on doors to hear community concerns. Residents told him they wanted improvements in many issues that are dependent on local tax revenue. He says these residents are happy to see changes made as more move in.
4: They noticed that as development happened around them, you know, streets would get improved or intersections would get uh, redone to have ADA compliance.
5: This development isn't only seen within Browning's ward. Chelsea Clayton, too, sees the positive changes in her area. She's lived in her home for five years and sees the stability it provides within her family and in her neighborhood.
6: There's been so much growth, and I think when you have hardworking people moving into a neighborhood close to the hospital, it doesn't do anything but increase the value and make things better because you have people that
5: care about where they live. Clayton says her home's been a blessing, and she's glad the program is expanding, but sometimes it takes more than a program to keep people in St. Louis. Clayton says some of her colleagues aren't interested in the program, because they want to live in Illinois. I'm Lauren Brenneke, St. Louis Public Radio.
0: Please tell me you speak English.
6: I'm Detective Carter. Do you
1: speak any uh, English? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth?
5: Among the many challenges facing the country's healthcare system, language barriers when patients and providers speak different languages. IN COLLABORATION WITH THE GLOBAL HEALTH REPORTING CENTER AND WITH SUPPORT FROM THE PULITZER CENTER, WILLIAM BRANGHAM LOOKS AT HOW NURSES ARE MEETING THE MOMENT. IT'S PART OF OUR SERIES, CRITICAL CARE, THE FUTURE OF NURSING.
4: JULIO ORIANA SPEAKS NO ENGLISH AND RECEIVED MEDICATION FROM A PHARMACIST WHO SPOKE NO SPANISH. He didn't know what the medication was for, and so he hadn't taken any.
7: Okay, let me see the pills that you have.
4: Nurse Cristina Melgar tells him how to take it and offers a little encouragement.
7: Of course. If you have any problems, you know you can come here.
4: Melgar says in addition to providing medical care, traversing these language barriers is a crucial part of her job.
6: So the system is rough for patients who are not fluent in English. They feel uh, neglected. They feel not treated with respect sometimes.
4: Melissa Marine LARENA oversees the nurses here at La Clínica del Pueblo, the Clinic of the People, in Washington D.C. Most of the staff speak fluent Spanish. Something she says is a critical part of delivering top shelf care.
7: There is literature out there, and that backs up the fact that. Patients want to be taken care of um, by providers that look like them, that speak the same language as them, and by providers that sound like them. Um, and unfortunately, right now, there's not enough of us out there.
4: Most clinics and hospitals are legally required to provide interpretive services based on the Civil Rights Act of 1964, and the rule was strengthened in the Affordable Care Act.
2: Okay, le
4: while communication is just one of many factors that affect the quality of care, studies show that language gaps, on their own, can lead to worse outcomes. You
6: know, Any time you have a harmful event happen to you in the hospital, those harmful events, you know, the risk for people who, who with limited English proficiency can be 15 to 25 percent higher than people who speak English.
4: Allison Squires is a professor of nursing at New York University. She studies what happens to patients who don't share the same language as their providers.
6: So they are at higher risk for experiencing a harm during a hospitalization. They are less likely to get timely access to primary care. They also are more likely to have a longer length of stay. So all of these things actually add up in terms of overall health care costs to the patient, to health systems, to insurance companies, everything.
4: Squires published a study of more than 90,000 patients who were released from hospitals with follow-up care back home. She found those with limited English were more likely to end up back in the hospital, only 1 percent, but still.
6: I know one percent doesn't sound like a lot in terms of an increased risk, but that one percent can compound into millions of dollars, especially if you're serving a lot of patients over time.
4: The Hispanic population is growing three times faster than the U.S. population as a whole. About 14 percent of the U.S. population speak Spanish at home, and yet only 6 percent of working nurses are Hispanic.
7: It's all very different, and understanding, yes, the different dialects in Spanish, the different accents of Spanish is very different as well. What we are doing here at La Clínica is just a drop in the bucket.
0: Good morning. The
4: challenge isn't limited to just Spanish. About one in 12 Americans speaks limited or no English, three in five are Spanish speakers, the rest speak Chinese, Tagalog. Vietnamese, Arabic, and other languages.
0: 50 something years.
4: At the Sizzik Nursing School at UT Health Houston, okay. they are making it a priority to build okay. a workforce that better matches the patient population.
8: Okay. I a friend. Find a pair and go find a bath so you can...
4: Erica Yu is a professor and associate dean.
8: Forty-seven percent of our undergraduate nursing students are um, underrepresented minority, and our total student. Um, Percentage is 46% of our total student. that means including graduate students, are underrepresented minority. And 35% of our students are Hispanic, which is uh, very different from the national picture. Just open up your kit like you're going to put an IV in.
4: Professor Elder Ramirez, who is also a nurse, saw in the ER at another facility an awful example of what can happen when patients cannot be fully understood.
8: I kept seeing this young woman. And, and I could see that she was curled up in a chair and she was holding her face. And, and I saw in the chart that, that she a facial trauma. And I thought, oh, well, they're surely getting some imaging or whatever. And I looked at the chart and there was no imaging ordered. So I went up to her. And when I actually went up to her and said, perdóname, ¿qué está pasando? And she immediately says, ¿qué en mis ojos? She had chemicals that had splashed in her eyes. And somehow in the translation that had taken place at triage, that had been completely missed. I'm like, ooh, and then we were able to move forward. Luckily, she, we, she was okay, and we were able to to take care of that. But, but that moment of time where that was missed in translation, that was huge. It was
4: huge. When there's no nurse or doctor who speaks a patient's language, the job falls to translators. Like here, with this patient, who's recovering from a stroke in the ICU at Houston Methodist Hospital. Erin Mulper oversees translation services at Houston Methodist. She says it's more than just language fluency. Translators also need some medical fluency.
2: They have to be certified, so there is medical terminology certification that goes along with that um, to make sure that patients are receiving accurate language interpretation.
4: So that if I say insulin or I say mastectomy or all the terminology is, the hospital has in-person translators who speak Spanish, Mandarin, and Arabic.
2: Um, We also provide video remote interpretation.
4: So that person who might be doing the translation could be anywhere basically, mm-hmm. someone you've contracted mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. But even though technology helps, it raises new hurdles and new questions. What if a patient just wants to go to the bathroom or to call a family member?
6: Do you call an interpreter every time someone needs to communicate that type of need? How can we effectively address those, those types of situations?
4: Nurses say literal translation is not the only goal.
8: And sometimes, especially with the you know um, um, aging population, that you know they may not be able to trust you know uh, nurses when you don't understand their culture so i think language a lot of the time it comes with the culture
4: back at la clinica melissa marine uh, larena says there's no real substitute for a direct personal uh, connection yeah. what do you say that, to to the devil's advocate who would just say ah google translate does all this for you you
7: google translates but it doesn't interpret Those are two very different things. There's nuances to um, when somebody says something when they speak. It's understanding, um, you know, how someone grew up, and again, it's more than what somebody is saying. And I think it's hard. You can't teach somebody to be bicultural, right? Like that's how you grow up.
4: And you really do think that matters in the end.
7: I do. I think it makes a big difference. She's going to help me understand you better.
4: There isn't good research comparing outcomes with in person native speakers versus translators, but there's no question patients appreciate talking to someone who truly understands them. For the PBS NewsHour, I'm William Brangham in Washington, D.C.
0: A fourth of all medical visits are now provided by non physicians. A lot of that's due to the growing number of nurse practitioners who are filling critical health care gaps. But nurse practitioners say their work is hampered by outdated restrictions on their ability to provide care without physician supervision. In collaboration with the Global Health Reporting Center and with support from the Pulitzer Center, Stephanie Sy reports from Ohio for our series Critical Care, The Future of Nursing.
2: I can feel it, but it's on this side.
9: Lois Prunty, a food service worker in her mid-30s, first came to the Total Health and Wellness Clinic at Ohio State East Hospital three years ago. It was one of the few providers in the area that took her Medicaid plan. I think it's excellent care. The care at this federally qualified health center is also unique. It's led entirely by nurse practitioners, or NPs. These nurses have graduate degrees and anywhere from 500 to more than 3,000 hours of supervised clinical training. Uh, Beyond the preparation of a standard bedside nurse, they can diagnose conditions, order and perform tests, and prescribe medication. Going with getting these forms? Candy Reinhardt is the director of the clinic located in
5: Columbus. From the very beginning we had a pharmacist, a social worker, a mental health counselor, registered nurses who um, do case management and that's the approach we, we take in nursing is we're looking at the whole person and how they're being cared for.
9: Total Health and Wellness Clinic sees patients regardless of their ability to pay filling a critical gap in care.
2: I didn't have a regular doctor in years. Certain places, you know, only take certain insurances and stuff like that. Um, Cause I know I got turned away from a doctor I got recommended to because they didn't accept my insurance. So I had to go back to square one.
9: The nurse practitioner role was created in the sixties due to a need to increase patients access to care. Even before the COVID era, nearly two dozen states allowed NPs to practice on their own without physician supervision. NPs call this full practice authority. And the movement has picked up steam since the pandemic, with four more states granting full practice authority to NPs. But national physician groups warn that nurse practitioners are veering into their lane and risking patient safety. That's not true, says Candy Reinhardt.
10: For the most part, you know,
9: we
5: collaborate constantly with specialists, if um, A person needs to be sent to a nephrologist then then you know you collaborate with that nephrologist so we all stay in our lane as far as what we were educated to do and and work together
9: still in ohio and 22 other states nps can't provide care without mandated physician oversight nps must secure what are known as collaborative practice agreements tying nurse practitioners to a physician in their specialty. Jennifer Gross is an NP and also a state lawmaker.
10: Having been a nurse practitioner board certified since 2005, I've carried that at every turn uh, in order to practice. So if we practice without one of those, we will be uh, fined and our license can be removed.
9: The Ohio State Medical Association, which opposes any change to the current arrangement, wouldn't comment for this story. But Mark Parnes would. He's a retired OBGYN who still manages a medical practice in Columbus.
0: My bias is knowing how lovely that coordinated care of a physician and a nurse practitioner can be working together.
9: He says that even with their expanded training, NPs typically have fewer hours of clinical practice
0: than physicians do. There's an art to medicine, and it's not that nurse practitioners can't practice it, they definitely can, but there are different levels of developing that art and different opportunities to develop it.
9: How do you decide at what point you really need to see a primary care physician with all those thousands of hours of residency versus being okay with seeing an advanced practitioner?
4: I think initially
0: it would be access and so that is one of the things I like about having more and more nurse practitioners is it increases the access.
10: When I first started but
9: Gross says the state's restrictions on NPs makes it harder for ordinary Ohioans to access health care.
10: Let's talk about our elderly. Let's talk about our Medicaid. We're one of the, the we're, we're a Medicaid expansion state. Those patients that are Medicaid and Medicare have better access to care when nurse practitioners are not required to have collaborative agreements.
9: Nurse practitioners
10: in rural
9: areas say they're especially impacted by laws mandating physician collaboration. And studies show that when allowed to practice independently, not only does access to care improve, but patient outcomes are no worse off, and in some cases, better. Over 2 million Ohioans, roughly 20%, live in areas that suffer a shortage of primary care professionals.
2: Healthcare access before I started my practice here was pretty sparse and, and few between. The quaint village of Buysville is in rural
9: southeastern Ohio. Alicia Clark, graduated from the local high school, has been a nurse practitioner for 12 years in the area and opened her own practice in
2: January. That was my main goal in life, to to open a facility where patients feel like they're an extended family. But she cites the collaborative
9: agreement as a
2: major hurdle. First you have to find someone that you trust and that trusts you and then you have to um, talk to them about what kind of details they require in order to sign a physician agreement with you.
9: How long did it take to find that person?
2: A little over a year. What does the collaboration look like? Is this somebody that you consult with regularly? No, this is someone that has to be present in some way shape or form for you to contact if you have a question about something and this is someone that you generally have to pay.
9: Clark says her collaborating physician is in his 70's making her ability to provide care long-term uncertain.
2: I have a little over 1600 patients that are seeing me so if he God forbid has some health issue or if he retires we are in a great bind here for the health care of Guernsey county
9: what would happen
2: exactly i would immediately have to within 30 days find a different physician agreement partner to have sign a contract with me she and other nps say the
9: requirement is also a financial burden
10: you have to enter into an agreement with a physician that would cost you about five hundred dollars to roughly $5,000 a month. So you can see that that's pretty cost-prohibitive. Those costs are then passed on to the patient. All
8: right, Susie, can I see your arms straight? Yes, like
10: this, please. Thank you.
9: 71-year-old Susie Kuhn has been seeing Clark for several years, moving with her to her private practice when she opened up in Buysville. That was one of my biggest complaints about
7: some of the doctors that I have seen previously, that they, they ask you a question and then they answer it before you get a chance to. She listens. And then she goes through the options with you, not saying, do this, do this. You side
9: together with Alicia. She and her adult children are all patients of Clark for primary care. What would you guys do that if the practice was forced to close because she couldn't find a physician to you know, collaborate with her?
7: It's scary. I didn't realize it until earlier. I, I can't imagine going having to go to someone else besides alicia
9: she's worried about losing that listening ear and that choice for her own health care for pbs news weekend i'm stephanie sai in ohio
1: go buckeyes go buckeyes gusty renegade in for another broadcast hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy today's date Thursday, November 24, excuse me, Friday, got caught up in all the madness, Friday, November 24, Negro Friday, how could I get crossed up about all of that, Friday, November 24, 2023, so I have been told, uh, I guess first and foremost, I hope everyone did safely navigate all of the, what shall I say, chaos uh, with negro friday if you had to work at any retail location where they had any of those you know crazy sales where you had to go in sometimes you have to go in like on thursday because they'll start them thursday in the evening or sometime or midnight or really early in the morning on friday or just all kinds of madness if you had to participate in any of that i hope you made it through safely and uh maybe got triple time uh then what's your normal compensation would be um hopefully we got lots of non-white people who did not have to be uh on the plantation directly at all uh yesterday today at least for the folks in the u.s uh, a few a few days maybe of time away from all of that where you could maybe be with uh people that you you know care about do something constructive get some cleaning done correct rest eat well try out some plant-based recipes with i don't know squash that's in season Anyway, our normal broadcast neutralizing workplace racism. We do not take holidays. If you figured out things that work well, certainly for this time of year, if folks have any updates, uh, to their code for the workplace for the holidays uh, that you know dealing with any of the office parties type of a thing uh, or anything I don't know if they do gift exchanges if they do get to uh, get together sometimes they'll do a brunch uh, or dinner a holiday type of a meal we <laughs> that that will sound real different now that we have read Mike Swango go Buckeyes uh, but if you have an update uh, to your code let us know uh, in having to deal with all of that I cannot emphasize enough I would not eat anything Uh, potlucks or anything like that no thank you and and like I said hey I would use it to your advantage Uh, there are so people are so particular for so many reasons about food now people have so many food allergies and are gluten-free and all the rest of it and then plant-based eaters like myself and all the rest hey (laughs) It probably won't be too tough to get out of, you know, someone trying to make you eat something in the workplace. No, no spicy chicken for me. Thank you kindly. If you have updates or helpful information for the workplace in general, holidays or otherwise, let us know. You don't have to go on strike for correct compensation, days off, sick time, better health benefits. None of that. You are taken care of correctly. They don't mess you over. Like I said, if you put in back in May, springtime, hey, I'm taking off the end of November. We do it up so-called turkey day every year. I'm taking off or even if I just want to sit home and twiddle my thumbs. Fine. I put in in uh, May. They don't wait until Wednesday and come, oh, wait a minute, you know, we need everybody here and had an emergency and all that. They don't harass you while you're taking your days off. Don't even leave, blow up your voicemail or email or anything else. Speak to you courteously once you are back from your vacation. If you have figured out how to get to that place, let us know the number 605-313-5164, the code five six four, pounds press star 61. If you would like to participate, the number again 605 313 six four the code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate righty email until justice at gmail dot com until justice at gmail dot com not for spectators can always drop us a line uh, via email. If you you know, are concerned about being identified, don't want your voice to be detected, uh, can let us know if you have tips, thoughts on uh, what we are discussing and or uh, just, or a problem that you are dealing with in your own environment. And you would like uh, our best uh, suggestions, counter racist thoughts on how you can minimize problems in your workplace. Specifically with the audio that we heard, as already stated, uh, the first report talking about the Negro Friday specials at many of the retail outlets like Macy's uh, and how many of the Macy's employees they were talking about here in the Washington state area. Uh, but I'm sure some other locations as well uh, where they are going on strike uh, today and perhaps this weekend uh, for better work conditions. Uh, it's been lots of that going on uh, throughout the year. Uh, We were just talking about that. I think the UPS folks, they were talking about having a big strike. And then even more recently, Starbucks uh, employees were also uh, going uh, on strikes. So uh, lots of folks uh, in work situations that are toxic, abusive, poor compensation. Hopefully uh, that is not the folks listening in. Incidentally, all of that uh, specifically for Black Friday, like the folks at Starbucks, they did their uh, strike specifically for the Red Cup Day, right? That's supposed to be a big to-do, and they said, understaff. You don't have you know, adequate employees here to even deal with the rush of all these people to get their Starbucks paraphernalia and their Cup of Joe, Dr. Wellsing moment. Uh, it reminded me, the Macy's strike of Paul Ifaomi Grant. He was with us uh, a number of times, but specifically, uh, he talked about all of the Unnecessary consumption that gets encouraged this time of year, and Black Friday, Black in the money, in the Negroes, um, that even that, they go out and every year, all around the world, because he's on the other side of the planet, all around the world, they'll go out and put black people or put shoppers in the headlock to get the last this or the last frying pan or whatever it is, and then you've broken half of this stuff or can't afford to begin with, Like, come on. And then that's another part of the reason all of that to have all these employees in, make sure we're adequately staffed 5 a.m. and all the rest of it. Anyway, uh, let's hope at least a, a few of you all, many of you all maybe didn't have to be at work at all today, yesterday, maybe not until Monday. Let's see the. Section on housing, now that was in. Missouri, the St. Louis, well, Ferguson, St. Louis area specifically, where they have uh, a program to pay for housing, where if you stay there and you're employed for a certain number of years, total loan can be forgiven to help you secure your down payment and get housing uh, in this area. Great. Awesome. They should have, you know, lots of programs like that, especially if they are successful, help non-white people get housing, uh, especially if that's an impediment uh, to employment. Uh, school for children, all that good stuff. Uh, the thing that came to mind uh, when they played that segment, um, we've heard like a few different programs. Vermont, uh, I think North Dakota, some of the other places where they're paying people or coming up with other uh, financial and means of uh, incentives to get people to stay because they don't have enough. Uh, they don't have enough people, basically. I was mildly curious if that played a factor in this program if it didn't and this was just you know so-called altruism and you know we see people who need assistance and this is you know the least we can do have a little token you know help with the down payment and if you stay here and you're employed boom for so many years then it can be totally forgiven well you know right on if that's the most you can do you know whatever okay uh but they did make me at least think if that's you know the type of thing Uh, that's being done. Now that was, uh, St. Louis public radio. So I am not sure, uh, some of the folks that they spoke with, if they are classified as non-white and they did not say anything specifically about, you know, we're specifically trying to get non-white people or we're specifically trying to get, uh, black people into housing in the Ferguson and or St. Louis area, uh, of Missouri. Pause for Michael Brown Jr. Um, Which all of that would be great, too. I mean, they could just do that on the basis of, you know, countering racism, white supremacy. We do this uh, do this sort of program. But uh, it did made my mind wonder about a number of things and even how effective this program is going to be for, you know, getting people getting people to uh, come and take these jobs and stay there for a specific amount of time and helping them have housing to boot. Uh, But we'll see Uh, the two reports. On the medical industry. Now the first report they were talking about how a growing number of the population here in the US uh, they do not speak English and how this is a barrier to health uh, because you have a lot of doctors they don't speak Spanish or any other non-English languages. Now I heard that man I almost did a rewind to blind eye because just yesterday turkey day we heard the part of the book i think it's like chapter eight i think it's chapter eight maybe chapter nine right in that area though uh james stewart he writes about how michael swango two in south dakota and in stony brook in new york state swango is able to get uh employment he's able to get in these different residency programs because there is a they and he even said that the nurses the healthcare workers he said they didn't want to sound provincial or prejudiced not racist uh but they preferred having doctors who weren't foreign that's the f word they kept using they they wanted doctors who weren't foreign who could speak english I said, hmm, because they kept saying that repeatedly. He kept, uh, Swango had the, he had the lowest score. He was only above the foreigners. And I kept saying, hmm, I wonder is, is foreign, is that a send them for non-white? But they little, literally, we just read that part of the book yesterday. Stewart saying that the white doctors, he didn't say white, but I mean, they're in South Dakota. They're in New York State. The white doctors, healthcare workers, they were happy. They wanted this all American, wholesome, homegrown, convicted felon, white doctor, because he could speak English. Now, since you don't have a hefty, booming population of white people, the dark numbers are increasing. Now, that's, ooh, ooh, we got a problem. Ooh. And I can't see them being elated about non-white doctors coming in who can speak English or getting the white doctors trained to be multilingual. I can't see them being excited about any aspect of that. Anywho, uh, I'm sure that would be a barrier to care the same way it is not having black doctors. Now, what's the excuse there? You got black people who were born right here grandparents were born right here everybody speaks english and you still got health care disparities so what's the problem there not a language thing white supremacy racism as usual um they let's see i even when i heard all of that was also thinking like dang job opportunity like Being a translator, because they said you had to have all of these special uh, certifications, right, to translate, I guess, to learn to know the medical terminology and all of that to make sure that you're doing it adequately. And they have so much. I mean, a lot of that terminology uh, is in Latin and all the rest of it. So I can see, you know, that might that might not necessarily be the normal language phrasing that you would learn in a typical Spanish class, French class, whatever language, you know, you're having to learn. Uh, Tagalo, I think they mentioned that one. I don't know if you would go that in depth. Like, how do you say nephrologist in Espanol? we oui. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, but that job opportunity and if you're going into that field even to make yourself more marketable, Be multilingual, like pick a language. And that's that's even one that if you have the forethought, like you could be doing that like on the lazy. And I mean, like, if, you know, you have an interest, you have parents who have kind of been pushing you in the direction of STEM and science. And you already have some aptitude in those areas. And, hey, I'm thinking med school might be for me. I'm going to do this or, you know, at least I'm going to go to pharmaceutical school. Great. Bilingual. You could be doing that from like high school, like just pick whichever language you think like, oh, okay, this will be you know useful as I'm matriculating through. Like I can mark like, oh yeah, I'm fluid. I can pick up you know country that I want to visit. Like oh okay, boom, study some white supremacy while I'm there. Great. Uh, let's see. So we got a twofer. So the first one was talking about healthcare workers not speaking English impact on patients probably a lot of non-white people right and that's same thing that we said yesterday man i am sure there are white people here who don't speak english they got a lot of them here in seattle they're from russia and poland and other parts of the world where their first language is not english their english is not too tough do they have the same problems or do white people do a better job getting through those linguistic hurdles to make sure that they're hooked up I don't know. I have to think about that one. Uh Let's see. So we had a double right for medical reports. So the second medical report, uh they were talking about nurses being more primary caregivers for, I guess, certain procedures uh, and what have you that are not too, I guess, invasive, that type of a thing. And they said that I guess they were getting pushback from some of the doctors saying, you know, hey, maybe you need to stay in your lane. Now that gave me pause right there because that was not necessarily a, I mean, it's it's you, we have, you know, some of our cows listeners are in med school. They make you, they being white people, they make you attend med school for years and spend tens of thousands of dollars and hundreds of hours studying and exams and all of that I mean it is an extraordinary expense of time and energy and all that what did I just say you have to go and get certification uh, even if you're going to translate medical terms because it's so precise and all of that uh, esoteric jargon and such it's in Latin almost like they're speaking another language man all of that for you to tell me hey man you stay in your lane that's not exactly a scientific reasoned you know you're not qualified to do this it's a risk to do this we haven't resolved that Michael Swango thing yet even though he was a doctor not a nurse but still Oh, uh, we haven't resolved that Lucy Letby thing yet uh, they didn't really have like a grounded it was you stay in your lane that immediate. And then, like I said, with Michael Swing, like, man, they said Ohio, like, oh, my God, <laughs> we've been we've been talking about Ohio State uh, Med School and the Ohio State Medical Board. We've been talking about them for like a month now <laughs> and look at it. Oh, my God, like man, at this moment, it would be hard for me to think like, yes, this is about our altruistic, that word again, concern for patients well-being we don't want these nurses out doing these procedures and things because they're not well trained and we don't want any Tom, Dick, and Lucy Letby out here just uh, plugging away and putting a syringe in here and changing charts. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stay in your lane, sister. (laughs) Like, uh... eh, Yeah, that just... I was thinking, like, is this a money thing? Like, do they get to charge more if the doctor does these procedures as opposed to the nurse, uh, and particularly because they eventually said it in the report, like they've been talking about how there is a shortage of healthcare providers. They talked about that in Ohio, some of the rural parts. Where hey, you know, if the doctor that I'm paired with, physician, if he were to die or something happened, like, oh my gosh, it would be really different. She even included it would be an expense because you have to get certified and they charge for all of this. So I was like, Oh yeah. This sounds like a racket. This is exactly what we've been reading about in Blind Eye, how a white convicted felon could go get all of these jobs and even end up in a neurosurgery program at the Ohio State and get passed on the Ohio State Medical Board. Like, come on, man. Come on. Like, oh, if we if we had heard that clip during any other time, I would have thought way differently about it. But at this moment, whew, no. <laughs> no, I do not. If, may we have folks who are healthcare workers, right? It gusty, I'm not a healthcare expert. Me reading blind eye, even though I'm reading it closely, that does not qualify as expertise in the healthcare field. If we have folks who are experts, we have folks who are nurses and other jobs in that field. If, you know, you see some sort of legitimate problem beyond they need to stay in their lane. Let us know if you think, you know, the doctors, you know, I don't know. They have some sort of scientific merit as for why they think, you know, we should have a more rigid set of standards. I do this as the physician and you do this in support as the nurse um the and even they said number 1 i was proud of myself for a moment maybe i was being niggardly i'll you know accept that uh they said the nurses they are in constant contact with their physician and it's not like they just go in and do whatever they want to without having any oversight by someone who is more trained an authority if you will in a white lab coat Uh, But they said, you know, if the patient is having an issue or what have you, we go and we speak with a nephrologist and, you know, we tried out a a course of care and I said, oh, wow, a nephrologist that is a kidney specialist. And I know that because we've spoken with a nephrologist, the lovely, brilliant Dr. Vanessa Grubbs and her book, Hundreds of Interlaced Fingers, which is all about nephrology, organ transplants, and white supremacy racism. She came to Seattle, in fact, before the Rona, and I saw her in person, even got to ask a question, and then she came on the program twice, even came on during COVID-19, and she also talked about the healthcare shortages and said, no way, I'm not going back to do that in that chaotic and stressful environment. Anyway, nephrologist, hundreds of interlaced fingers. Uh, but that was one. And then they said, uh, the, they spoke with a physician, I suspect a white man. And he said, you know, my bias, knowing how lovely coordinated care can be. I thought that was curious phrasing as well. Like my bias in knowing, I thought they said the nurses, even when they are primarily responsible for more of these uh, procedures that they are still in contact with the physician they still have this coordinated care so that was one thing that came to mind and then two he said that there's an art to medicine that was whoa 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 science that's what I would expect there's a science to medicine art that sounds really vague, even snake oilish. like you are just making up stuff as you go along and like, whoa, 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 like all of those years of study, anatomy and chemistry and biology and all the rest of that. They tell me there's an art, did you take art classes? Do they make you take an art class to get through med school? Again, I'm not a health expert, so I mean, if that's standard, if that's what they say, there isn't a, yeah, yeah, Hippocratic Oath and all that, but there's an art to this. I will stand corrected, but that was it. Like, it doesn't seem like you have scientific, like, valid reasons to oppose these nurses carrying out more of these duties, especially if we are a bit understaffed anyway. If it's a competency issue and training and that sort of thing, I could see, but you're not even saying that. For the most part, you're just coming stay in your lane. Got my art thing going on here. Let me do my art and you just back me up. That's what it sounded like in a way, but I could be totally wrong. Okie doke. Uh, number again, 605 313 six four the code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate the email until justice at gmail dot com let's see see if folks and again if they have or if you all have uh, tips on updating revising your strategy for dealing with uh, the holiday madness in the workplace you can let us know that as well star six one uh, let's see folks are let's see spectating for a bit I'll share our first email until justice at gmail.com and then check see if folks have observations thoughts to share let's see email number one hi uh, Gus cows audience and callers the woman that I've seen take their coffee in the toilet, left the cups at the sink while they went to the cubicle, so I don't think that is fine it. They can still get more than they bargained for. Oh, well. Oh, well. Number two. The interview panels that took place to replace work avoidant Wanda, and the RMB King, King had three people on each panel and were chaired by my non-white black male manager. One of the panels included me, my manager, and another racist suspect, white female manager. We interviewed a white female who joined the organization just over a year ago who seems to be moving up the ranks pretty quickly but it's clear that she isn't that experienced. Well, how about that? Uh, Let's see. I've no no idea how well she has done in the jobs she's had, but she recently left university, so I'm sure she doesn't have the depth of experience. People can fill out applications and claim anything they want. Boy, can they. (laughs) And get shortlisted for an interview especially if those people are classified as white the racist suspect manager on the panel had helped out on a project the candidate had worked on so knew her Mm. the candidate was not appointable as her presentation and responses to the questions put to her were not strong enough even though she cheated by reading her answers that she had written down before the interview what How did she? Anyway, let's let's continue. Uh, She could do this because the interview was online. The requirement is that candidates give examples of previous behaviors from their past. Yes, it was face to face. A candidate can refer to their notes, but this candidate was reading her examples word by word. That is cheating. My manager and I were both in agreement that she wasn't appointable also <clears throat> I also pointed out that she was reading her examples the racist suspect panel member said she didn't notice the candidate was reading which was a ridiculous lie now that would be like <laughs> I, I hope, I'll hope i put it this way I hope I would have noted this even before we were reading uh, Swango but particularly now since so much of that book is about White people over and and like powerful, intelligent, very informed white medical officials in hiring positions at major universities and hospitals and all of that repeatedly, not once or twice, repeatedly willfully ignoring uh, protocol and laws, typical uh, proceed policy and procedure in the workplace when it came to this white man Uh, and so to see this where white people I said white people they do not hold other white people accountable for practicing racism and the evidence seems to show white people generally don't hold white people accountable for their misconduct in general like they have to be really (laughs) There are just many, many examples. White people frequently do not hold white people accountable for their conduct at all. Um, this, w- <laughs> She's looking right at her notes. We're doing it face-to-face. You can see her looking down and reading. I think most people can tell, especially if you're doing a poor job, you don't have eye contact. What do you think she's looking at right now? And particularly, that's why I was saying when I was reading this, like, man, did she, did someone tip her off as to what the questions were going to be? In advance? (laughs) Like, uh, anyway. uh, My my non-white manager... Oh, the lot. Her eyes moved from left to right throughout the interview because she was reading. You could also see a clear difference when we asked probing questions as they require a spontaneous response. The racist suspect panel member then said, I know it doesn't have anything to do with the interview, but... The project I helped out on was well-managed. I didn't comment, nor did my manager. Gus, I think you might agree that was an act of attempted cronyism. There are far more experienced non-white people who should be promoted ahead of this person. That's why I said, like, man, there is so much of this, man, like, cronyism. It white people are the queens, the kings of cronyism. In fact, it's in Swango so much, it's not even just swango. Yesterday they were talking about uh his white uh wife, she moves back to Virginia and her friends working at the hospital gets back she gets back from South Dakota. She is not disgraced like oh my god. God, you married a convicted felon and a a poisoner. He tried to kill these other, oh my God, get on away from around. I don't want you hanging out with my food. Get on away from around here. Nope. Welcome her right back. And he wrote in the book, because of her homie at the hospital, she was able to immediately get a job. Now, I've heard black people where they got friends who work at IHOP, Waffle House, uh, Shake Shack, those types of places where, yeah, I got a friend over there, they can get you job. Fuller said, you know, they my, got a friend who works down at the foundry, you know, some backbreaking labor where you might kill yourself, get asbestos in your lungs, make chicken nuggets all day long for 20 years, that type of a job. Oh, yeah, I got a friend who hooked me up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not a friend. Oh, yeah, dang, you can get a job working at the hospital, full benefits, dental included. And even, even when you are disgraced, you've been on TV, or at least your spouse been on TV, oh my God, oh, at your lowest. Don't even worry about the application. We got you. Come on, Leroy. We got you. she continues number three I agree that racists deem black people's language skills as inferior regardless of where in the world they are born I'm sure the racist suspect male who made the comment about non-white black females African accent being hard to understand would not have difficulty if she was white South African or Rhodesian we just heard that today and yesterday, I forgot she had wrote that. Um, like I think that was last week, where she said the uh, racist suspect white dude was on the panel, and they had an African female or a black female, I'll say, and she had some sort of accent. Could have been Caribbean. That's what I don't know. Black female, but she had some sort of accent. They're like, oh my god, oh I kid, oh she's got that crazy Bantu language. Oh, we, oh, oh, so unprofessional. I totally forgot about that. But apparently, that is widespread. That's why I said same thing. If she had been from Australia. New Zealand France Ireland I don't think it would have been a big to do Argentina they got white people that speak Spanish I don't think it would have been a big to do she would have been cool wow uh, let's see the number four uh, to Lauren I wouldn't worry about that white woman having access to your diary she reminds me of my ex-manager Clearly things are not going well for her and she's struggling to come to terms with the changes. I also think the non-white black male agreed she should have access to your diary because it doesn't mean anything in reality. She believes she's maintained some level of control over you. Meanwhile they've removed her management responsibilities number 5 I forgot Bay Area I mean sorry uh, Lauren had told us about that uh, last week with her white manager uh, getting hovered like put my privileges back by the end of the day what is wrong with you nigga woman I forgot about that from last week yes Uh, and she did restore the privileges immediately do as you're told number 5 I'm so disturbed every time I listen to the Bay Area mom's reports the creepy para creeped me out it reminded me of the Columbine book and the lessons in Gavin De Becker's book, The Gift of Fear, Cal's Book Club, Catherine Massey Book Club, specifically the forced learning and the use of charm oh, in blind eye 17 times. I looked yesterday, I said, needle is in that book 18 times, charm 17 times. It's a charming white man danger Uh, both used to manipulate charm and forced teaming the young child may have special needs but he's smarter than I was at that age I think children in general are very smart their brain computers are especially when it comes to racism I can't say that enough I mean they're in the classroom they got eyeballs right most of them, they're not colorblind. I can see like what's happening here. I see what's happening to the other dark children. I see what's happening to me. I see what's happening to the children that are lighter. I see. like They got most of the time they got it. They, I mean, they might not use words like hegemony and all the rest of it, but yeah, you don't like the dark kids. Got it. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure that out. I think the little fella that she was talking about, he even figured out, like, yeah, man, like, why is she showing movies about Hawaii just because we're going to Hawaii like that? What, what's going on with that? Yes, very creepy. Trayvon Martin. Email again until justice at gmail dot com. Until justice at gmail. Dot com. The number six zero five three one three five one six four. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Again, let us know if we have, uh, folks, if you have any sort of update to <clears throat> your codification for uh, getting through the holiday period and all of this madness in the workplace, uh, and or just in general, uh, if you figured out some things that would work, and or if you have your own problem, difficulties uh, in the workplace, let us know. We will do our best to, you know, figure out, offer some counter-racist logic, try and help solve problems in the workplace. Uh, Let's see. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Folks are, I don't know, getting their turkey, last slice of pie, all the rest of it, I reckon. Not sure. Uh, If they're spectating on Negro Friday, uh, we'll give folks like mm, another five or so uh, to get their thoughts together, observations uh, and such. Uh, If you did not have to go to the plantation I hope lots and lots of non-white people are in that position where uh, they have today off maybe tomorrow off too Uh, maybe yesterday you had that off uh, as well so you know you can be hanging out getting some better rest eat some quality healthy uh, food over this time period and uh, be reduced ready to roll refreshed for uh, next Monday beginning of the week and such uh, but even if you did not have to work today per se or yesterday, you had maybe the whole week off. I think some people said that. Bay Area mom last week, she said she had the whole, uh, week off, thankfully. So if we have lots of people who are in that position, spectacular, lucky for you, uh, that would still be. Uh, what else exactly has been happening in the work environment? Has everything been, you know, no mistreatment, all just we have been correctly paid? They didn't pull any shenanigans about our time off over the holiday or any nonsense like that. They don't have any office parties or any of that. Uh, I don't know. Time wasting uh, activities coming up. The uh, what they call it, white elephant. I think that's it. Uh, you have to do the gift exchange in the workplace. I don't know if you all have to prepare for any of those uh, sorts of uh, (laughs) shenanigans, antics and all. But, yeah, let us know if you're having to deal with any of that or just the regular old, if they're ignoring all of that in the workplace and proceeding. If they are, I know there's supposed to be a growing number of work environments where that is the case, where, you know, they recognize that a lot of people don't celebrate all of that, are not interested and... Let's just roll. It's Friday, November 24, and, you know, get through the workday type of a thing. Anywho, uh, we will be here tomorrow, uh, the compensatory call in 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. We'll catch up on news observations uh, for the past seven days. We wind down the end of 2024, normal time, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Eastern tomorrow uh, let's see double checking to make sure I did not miss but I had a few other uh, news reports that I didn't get to share as well I had to go back and look at some of my feeds because they had other interesting news reports from this week uh, as well going back to make sure Oh, that was it. That was it. I knew I shared it. I shared it earlier this week that did not have audio for this report. But the New York Times, they had uh, this is from. The article is paid thousands to quit your job. Some employees say so. Some U.S. businesses are forcing workers to sign contracts that demand steep reimbursements if they leave. Now this is from the New York Times this week, as I said, I posted it earlier. This is another take it however you need to. Uh important reminder. When you start a job, read the employee manual, policy and procedure, whatever it is, read it in its entirety. Really, I'd see see if you can acquire the policy and procedure before you take the job, really. That I mean is really doing it great. Like that's not a major ask if they're serious and about making you a job offer and all of that. Like, yeah, you can even ask when they're doing the questions and so that, that might be a great question to ask during the interview process. Is it possible that I can see the employee manual just so that I'll know uh, the type of guidelines and what sort of culture, workplace culture uh, you all expect uh, of employees and to know, you know, this is what I'm signing up for. And you can word it however you want. But that might be a great. If anybody you know sees a problem with that or a reason why you shouldn't request that, but I'd say, see if you can get it before you take the job and read that way you can see. Do they have policy about workplace bullying? Do they have policies about sexual harassment? Do they have policies about making racist commentary? What's in it? Do they even have a workplace policy and procedure? Now if they don't. Woo, that might be one that you want to know before you take the job. I've worked in some of those environments because that might mean, wow, this could be, you know, anything goes type of a thing. But if they have one, I don't think that's a big deal. They Unless there's something proprietary in it, which I can't imagine, but it shouldn't be too, you know, uh, I don't think that would cause conflict. you requesting the manual. Now, the reimbursement Portion of it, like, oh man, I would want to read that in detail. Like, do they have a section in here that talks about when you leave? What's expected? Like, some jobs they have the whole exit interview and you have to fill out a review. And I, I mean, it depending on where you work at, you might have to turn in a whole lot of supplies, computer, cell phone clothing all kinds of car (laughs) like it might be a really detailed process it might take two weeks to actually quit the job by the time you have to go turn this in and get this signed off and turn this in and turn this in and turn the computer in and exit meeting and blah 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 what is that procedure that might be good to know up front too especially if it's really complicated and if that complication is going to involve i have to pay them money like how much money (laughs) like what does the does the fee go down so if i start working there in october like once i stay there a year does the fee drop with each year so it's less and less money that you have to pay back or you know does it depend on what the circumstances are in terms of why you had to leave like i just i had not heard that before but we that would be a great illustration make sure Read if you have to sign a contract when you start your job. If your titles, salary, benefits, workplace duties are itemized, read it in its entirety, maybe two or three times. If all of this is outlined, like what's supposed to take place. When you resign from a job, if you're supposed to owe them money, if, you know, they're going to deduct this from your final uh, direct deposit or whatever it is, all of that you want to know in advance and in detail. Really can't emphasize that enough. I'd said that I think within the last week or the last month, like make sure we are not ignoring uh, policy and procedure in the workplace. That is so if it gets updated or anything else, certainly COVID reminded us uh, of that in a very flagrant manner. But even, you know, any other aspects of the job, make sure that we're not caught unawares. And I mean, wow, the exit procedure, like I said, it can be so complicated depending on the type of job that you have. Make sure you know that in detail. Uh, and, And if you're leaving voluntarily, I would try to get as much of that process done in a very discreet manner so that no one knows you're leaving but when you formally submit, announce your two weeks or whatever it is, you have already got a good bit of that process done. So it's not going to be, I'm having to sit around to the last minute and all of that. We have people, I think, designated black Uh, formerly be in Toronto, where she said she was on a job and they deliberately could have just been flagrant white supremacy racism and being tacky to boot. um, They made it really arduous the exit and it wasn't like she was leaving and they had some sort of reimbursement policy where she had to pay them money. This was, they owed her money and we're going to drag and be difficult and, and all of this. And you didn't bring your pins back. You didn't bring your buttons back. We're waiting for our buttons. You didn't like all of this, like, yeah, we got to wait. We got to wait. That sort of thing. That's why I, like, when you know, I found a better job, but we're moving or whatever it is but things are looking up for me and I don't need this old raggedy job anymore okay all, everything that's got to be done if you got a company car and you got to turn that back in I would be vacuum it out clean it out no fingerprints no nothing that's going to be ready to roll all I got to do is park it and drop off the keys bang I don't need to be worrying and oh I left this in the trunk and eh. if it's a computer I don't have anything on that device that I'ma be nervous about and I mean nothing no incriminating photos videos websites that I visited nothing it's ready to roll all I have to do is drop it off here's the cord BAM that's the way that you want to be when it's time to leave if it's any paperwork or what have you that you have to sign and that if any of that material that you can get in advance so that you can go fill that out when you are ready Bam. Already got that so I can hand it off. Take that to HR. Boom. Take it to your supervisor, both, whatever it is. You have backup copies. Bam. That's the way you want to approach the leaving so that you can minimize all of that. If they got one of those policies and you have to reimburse them, that's why I talk about you have to go over that in fine detail in advance. So even that, you know that in advance, that's already been planned. And I'm going to make sure that they don't try to get me On this reimbursement, where if the fee is supposed to be, I don't know, $1,000, it's not going to balloon up the way you owe us $10,000. Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Like, man, let's go over all of that in detail. You already had your highlighter, went over the reimbursement process. You know exactly how much you're supposed to pay them if that's what it is. Can't emphasize enough policy and procedure, make sure that you are not uh surprised caught off guard by any aspect of it, and I also uh encourage pretty frequently uh make sure it is actually being observed uh meaning once you are aware of what the policies are, hey you might see that you know you got lots of people they violate these rules all the time and nothing is done about that sometimes that's a part of the cronyism you can make note of that just add that to the journal that's, most of the time you don't even need to jump up and down and make a big to do about it you know, it's, you know, Karen is uh, breaking the rules she's not coming in on time you know, they got truancy in the book you come in late three times blah, blah, blah. you don't have to do all that you can just make notes and ask questions the policy says this. My daily observation is that this is not in practice. Is that so? Have your dates, times as detailed as possible and just see. Anyway, uh, I don't know. if we ha- Do we have any folks who are in that sort of uh, arrangement where if you leave your job, like you signed a contract to do whatever, uh, and if you leave prematurely or if you leave before X amount of years or whatever it is you owe them money that was a new one on Gusty if we have anyone in that sort of uh, arrangement uh, let us know Uh, same thing if you have any observations, tips on the workplace situation uh, feel free to share, let's see our caller at the Courthouse in Florida should be with us. uh, If you have commentary, proceed. Yes, sir. May I be heard? Yes, sir.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to Gus, the host, the listeners and callers. Um, I heard the segment about the speaking of of the Spanish language and everything like that. That reminded me. uh, we have two people in the department one as I mentioned before uh, came over from I think yeah Brazil and he he gets utilized to communicate to people who speak Spanish a lot and a another female non-white but she has a lighter complexion Uh so they also try to get her to do a lot of the marriage ceremonies throughout the week, uh, throughout the week. Um, so that reminded me of that. And one of those staff members, the, uh, the white guy from Brazil, he's going to be leaving at the end of the year. Um, so, uh, I wanted to start out with that and, my next one is that speaking of the the person that speaks the spanish right the 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 female the non white female so she now I made a comment or a report I believe a few weeks ago that you know she said she's been losing this weight and she likes coming over to the side that we're on because she gets compliments from the female that work over on the segregated side. I don't give no compliments to to none of them, but she said that. And I mentioned how he said, she's going to dye her hair blonde. if she lose some more weight? You know, so I found that interesting. And then in the meetings, they asked her to do this tacky birthday singing. Uh, little clap scenario or whatever. And at the end of the recent meeting, a black female, now one black female, came over to the side that we're on because they switched different sides, uh, every month to do the meeting. Now one black female was teary eyed. I don't know what this was about. And they were talking about the birthday singing and everything one black female who they i don't don't know if i want to say a jester but she was being uh silly a lot to draw attention to herself um and she said she doesn't do the birthday singing anymore because they only pay attention to her now ever since she started doing it so it was just a lot of just drama or whatever um my next one is the black male who got a new position over at Archives to learn more about records from uh, older times and everything like that. They've held him for another week, and I don't know how long this is going to extend to to um, being at the cashier position because I think they're going to hire. I'm thinking another black person to do what he's been doing, but I guess the white person didn't want (laughs) to... I don't know if she didn't want to take over doing a trainer for the new employee, but he's supposed to be over to the other position. Uh, But this is in another department, and this was reported to me. Uh, There is... There are situations where... The white people they'll be doing the unjust networking about each other and there's a a white a white man who goes to university of florida and i guess he's doing part-time or whatever and i think this is colonialism too because i think he knows the clerk's family um uh, maybe from alachua or whatever so I guess he was upset about something and I just walked in on them, him and two white women having a conversation about going to report something to the clerk, the top person or white boss or whatever. And, uh, he was saying, you know, I think, I think, you know, he doesn't even like me. I don't think he likes me. This is the person that helped him get the job. Another white person. Uh, and, the white woman is saying, well, you know, you just got to set him straight. You got to set him straight and just tell him yada yada. And I'm like, man, wow. And this person is, they like to use the word two-faced. I just say it's more so uh, deceptive. And they like to talk about each other, but they, they definitely uh, unite when it comes to how they approach, how they treat black people. But this was one of the instances where when this person, this white man walked out of the the lunch area and she, this white woman said, now this, now keep in mind, this white woman has worked here at the courthouse for 35 years, right? So that's 1980. Um, 35, retired in 2018. Came back in 2020, so that's almost 40 years from 2019 till now, maybe about four or five years. So, but yet she still instigates and gossips. So the white man walks out, young, you know, guy that goes to University of Florida, and she's like, but well, that's why he can't get a promotion now. And he's, he's down here, everything up and he's on the clock but yet he's trying to give him advice when he was in there talking to you. So Mm -hmm. I know um, she's gossiping about black people, but I wanted to share that one because they practice that kind of culture. Um, I have two customer reports. There's one where there was a black couple that came in and this was another a uh, case of black people wanting to know about in the early 1900s and the earlier HM records. And I was showing them, and I put in more time and energy than I think my peers and my coworkers would. So I showed them how they can get these images on the website. And um, the husband was saying something about slavery and she was like, No, this was after slavery. So they had a small little disagreement, right, about that. And she didn't necessarily have a name that I could key into the H and Records website. So I just said, Well, you can go to this part of the H and Records, click on D record, and then click on that, check this off. I'll be in detail too, okay? Uh and then I, I looked at the <laughs> I looked at the, the white person and they were looking uncomfortable. You know. But this is where we work at. We work in records. But she don't never go into depth. She don't really never even use those kinds of um methods or go to these certain type of websites. But it's the federal government, so we have access to those websites. But yeah, I was showing two black people on how that they, they can search whole probate and uh record that mentions different slaves depending on the name that you put in. I put in the name Sam S A M. And I did and then I did a general search and then it came up and then it had the party and it actually had the word slave on it. Okay. And you can click on it and then it'll show you these scan images that they um they help make up onto the website at HN records or at archives. So the couple, the black couple was grateful and they went on about their business, you know, and I gave them the, uh, the email to the HN records area. And my last one is, uh, no, if I can, if, if I could add in another one, I want to add in this, this white woman, right? Uh, she, is, I think, maybe at the age of 56 now, something like that. So she was, you know, griping, like uh, having an issue about the kind of job she does now. And she's trying to get past the hiring process. And they said that she has a a restitution of over $10,000, how much money she owes in court costs and court fees. So this person... There's a lot of things with cocaine and drug paraphernalia on the uh, records, um, felonies, misdemeanors, that kind of thing right there. (laughs) And so I was helping her uh, print out all of the things that she owed, all of the different costs. And I gave her the information on how to contact collections in the criminal courthouse so she can get some kind of payment set up. And then she was she was sharing with me that uh, when she used to get in trouble for some years, her her dad her father was the police captain, and he would help her get out of these uh, these things that she was charged with. I guess when she was younger, but then when he retired, then it all stopped or whatever. I'm like, and I just I just let her keep talking, and then I made sure I wrote that down, you know, as a customer experience because, see, even though she tried to claim that she, you know, going through some kind of struggle or whatever, she still had, you know, a white father in the police department, you know, and her and her mom and her dad, they went to church and she said she was such a bad person growing up or whatever and got in all this trouble. And I'm like, see, and I expected to hear something like that. And I don't even know this white woman. And she just said, yeah, he helped me get out of this trouble. She ain't going to depth like explaining what all of that meant. But I can assume that all of them charges she got, he got a lot of them thrown out, I guess. Uh, And my last one is the white woman that retired last week, okay? Something interesting is going on about that. Because the office where she occupied, it still has lights turned out. And the younger white woman that she said was offered the job and not the black lady that's been there for 19 years. So something happened. I don't know if something was, uh, uh, I guess, stopped or... Something was uh, interrupted, or, or whatever. The younger white woman is still in the, the original office they assigned her, and not the office of the supervisor. So I guess something has been uh, halted, or whatever. But it's a it's an older Instagram post where it's her in another. I'm gonna just say she's white. But she has been called Pocahontas now by a white man. They like to say these race comments, racist comments. They he called her Pocahontas. So it's these two females on there, and the post says "my nigga, on it. All right, and both of them are in Confederate um, Confederate bathing suits. And it's a flag in the background and it says, hate not heritage or heritage not hate or whatever. So this was back when, um, what's his name? Uh, Richard Spencer, he came down here to the University of Florida. So it was around them, but yet yeah, they still worked at the courthouse. So I have a screenshot of that, but yet yeah, these two people being promoted over the black female who trained both of them and she's been there 19 years so that's all i have to share thanks for allowing me to speak
1: my man richard spencer national policy institute i remember him he was everywhere like circa I think like 2017 he was all i emailed him to see if we could get him as a guest on the program but he didn't get back to me old richie spence Uh, much obliged our caller uh, in Florida the hmm, let's see the he said I remember he had told us about the fella from South America being there before and they had spoken and such and he said that they use this fella to translate if they get you know Spanish speakers and such and even though Brazil they don't speak Spanish but okay um. see that type of thing that money i've seen that before where they have people you know who'll be like that if they're born someplace else or they happen to speak uh, spanish or a different language and oh man they become the uh, resident translator that is people get paid very well to do that job like that's one like hey I do not be coming to lean on me. Like we have to work out compensation for this. Uh, my skills as a trend, like look that up. How much people get paid to translate per hour, man, it is much better than chicken nuggets. Uh, let's see the, he said the, the female came through loves coming to hang out on the segregated, side. She's lost her weight. She loves to come over there and get compliments. Like, man, I say, hey, I say no compliments in the workplace. I said that for years. I say, if you, male or female, classified as black, if every single person who works at your job from the custodial staff all the way up to the president and owner's is classified as black with four black grandparents. Even then, no compliments in the workplace. Not a, Oh, my gosh, you lost so much weight. Oh, look at that little tiny. Eh. You are about five seconds away from Bill Cosby. Now, even if it's female to female, because he didn't really say that. I think he said it was other, I think it was other black females, her friends, so-called, who are, hey, girl, you look so good and what, that sort of thing even that no man we are not here talking about wardrobe and dress i've explained i said before you really want to de-emphasize any sort of focus and conversation on that like altogether. i did not come for anybody here these are people who are looking to fire me sabotage might press the panic button on me i am not i do not care what they think as long as you have on attire that is acceptable for your workplace you are not looking for them to compliment and ooh, you are looking so good and look at your shoulders and ooh no man, not at all. I've said if it's gonna be any compliments, you compliment people about their work. That is a great report. Wow, you really nailed that one. Awesome presentation this morning, Karen. Oh, spectacular. That sort of thing. Not look at those heels look how much weight you lost oh your hair is amazing where did you get that shampoo like no 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 then you add on to it you're coming over to the segregated section where we don't even have air conditioning to get compliments mm. I'm glad he added they don't compliment me they're not supposed to but I mean dang Dang, and then she gotta add it. If I lose any more weight, think I'm gonna get blonde hair coloring. Yep. Hmm. Hey, dang, dang. Like what? What? Like that's so calculating. Like, mm-hmm. see if I can get even more attention. Hmm. man, scheming white chicks, man. No compliments, and that's uh that's so narcissistic and i've seen that from white people too where they come to black people the whole black side of the office as it were to you know get their ego struck, so that i can feel good about myself and tell me i'm pretty and oh tell me how much weight i've lost and my clothes look so nice now and i'm like come on man come on the clique members aren't doing all that. They were oh, that no count heifer. Who does she think she is? <laughs> like, that's what they, that's what her white sister said. Like, get out of here. I know you're not even blonde. Get out of here. White women. Uh, let's see. The She said the birthday celebration like that. You can really, you can put that up with the uh, so-called holiday jamborees and all of that. Just in total. I'm good. I don't you don't need to do anything for my birthday. Let's just be here to work. And really, I think that's the best way to go, because the birthday one in particular, all of it is, you know, not constructive. But the birthday one in particular, we are not like 12 year olds. We're not in elementary school. Like we're not like, come on, man. You got grown. People. He said we got people that have been here 35 years. man. You got grandchild. You got grandchildren that are too old for a birthday party. Come on, man. Like, let's be adults, man. Stop wasting all this. Time. Happy birthday. If we got to do that, happy birthday. Let's keep it moving. Like, what are you talking about? We got to sing? Happy birthday. Are you serious? Are we going to have cupcakes too? Come on, man. We got work to do, man. People are coming in here for deeds and trying to get married and everything. Like, come on. That's what... And then, Entertainment committee that I gotta be the goofy black person to come in and, you know, pretend like I'm Bismarck E doing his rendition of the bread like come on, come on, come on. I'm not even that's not the attention that we should be getting. That's not that I don't want that to be my signature in the workplace. That ooh we get old brother Gus to come when it's birthday time, he will do the funky chicken and give you the meanest Negro rendition of uh, happy birthday, put Stevie Wonder to, to, to shame. Like no. No, 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 no. Happy birthday. Let's keep it moving. Uh, the He said the black folks came in, tried to be super helpful. I always love it. Like I said, Dr. Kamal Kanban, guest on the program many times. That's something that he uh, has recommended stringently. If you are a black person and you have a job where the public comes in and you're able to help black people, just I'm going to try to be as courteous and helpful as I can because I know it easily could be some old racist white person here and they come in and they don't help them at all or really rude and nasty about it and don't tell them all the pertinent information that they need so they can get whatever it is that they're trying to get done. I'm going to do the exact opposite. I'm going to be as courteous, helpful as I can. They come in looking for their information. Now, he did say they, you know, had their, I guess, disagreement minor about whatever it is to be expected. Hops in. Well, let's see. We can look right here. If you don't have the name, try to have all your information. So, you don't have the name, bam, you get right here. Go right, got the uh, records and the archives right there, and this should pop right up. Look at that. Sam the slave. Look at that. Wow. We got the whole archives. It'll tell you and have slave deeds and everything. He said the white ones over there. Whoa, Sam the slave, huh? You just gonna be showing them all that. I, uh, we just had Thanksgiving turkey. Now we gotta. Mm, how did, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I could just ruin my whole Negro Friday, man. I don't. What? What's the problem? That's what we got the archives for. That's they doing research. This, this is our Florida history, the Sunshine State. What's, what's wrong? You haven't been the archives. It's amazing. Being truthful. See, and that's why I say. If you are a victim of racism, I submit, especially if you're classified as black. I said consistently reading, writing, researching more important than watching television, man, make a trip. they might have the same sort of archive we all don't live in Florida, but they probably have similar archives where you live, particularly if you live in a region where they have slavery or had slavery. I mean that would be expansive New York, lots of places. go look. Take a trip. What do they have? Make a field trip out of it. You take your children. We'll go look we'll and see what information we can find on Sam the Slave. Boom. We'll go and research. Track what happened to his family. You know, while we can, it might take us a year. It might take us five years. Make a little family project out of it, like I said. We're learning about racism, white supremacy. We're learning about local history, local system of white supremacy, racism, really that's way better than sitting around watching television all day long use your brain computer and then you're learning about the region where you live in and you see the white people the response from the white people that for me tells me everything you need to know she nervous oh oh lord what do i do we do we hit the panic button what oh lord he's showing up saying the slave why is that i don't even understand like what is that what's the problem Nobody's talking about a mutiny or something that happened hundreds of years ago. Should have learned this in school, really have field trips, bring the young, you know, little Floridians down to the courthouse so they can learn all this, do projects on it, be more informed citizens. Uh, Let's see the. They got the black fella. He said he's supposed to go work at archives, which is great. Have more black people be informed about all of this. Know where this information is. And then same thing. They can be helpful. Black people come and they're looking for information. Hey, I'm right here. This is what I live to do. This is what I get paid to do. And I'm excited about my job. Let's get to it. Amazing. Like I said, the field trips get young people to come down there. Be said mysteriously back at the cashier spot. What's up with that? They don't want to train them. What's what's the deal? Easier to just have a black person, like I said, custodial position, not going to learn too much, not going to get to use your brain computer too much. We're not really that keen about having niggers down in the archives anyway. We'll see. Hopefully he ends up back down there uh, or over there, wherever the archives are. Uh, The he uh, he said, we got the white fella, more cronyism where he gets this job. And then he's pouting, it sounds like, to the group. You know, he doesn't like me, and it's not fair, and you go in there and set him straight and all that. Like, what are you even complaining about? You probably aren't even qualified enough to have this job to begin with. If you had been uh, the young 19 years she's been working there, if you had been her, you wouldn't even be in this position. So what is all that complaining about? And even that, he said he, they're going to sit around and grouse and complain. That's what I said with all the goth- gossiping soon as he leaves then they're gonna sit there and talk bad about him and all the rest of it like come on man come on like that whole environment is just so rife with dishonesty and racism uh and hypocrisy all of it and then they'll just be so open about it. oh it's just so unfair he just hates me oh it's just awful you didn't even fill out an application to get the job, man. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, man? Matter of fact, exactly what she said. He said that the uh, other white chick, he leaves. And she says, see there, down here effing around. That's why you're having the problem. You're right, sister. You're absolutely right, white sister. you down here wasting all of our time. Get back to work and stop pouting, man. Wasting our time. You don't need to be down here trying to get sympathy, man. Go get some work done. Man, that and they, do, they love to do that sort of thing with us. That's why the white woman that is, I guess, trying to lose weight, she's going to do her blonde hair and all of that. She likes to go to the Negro section to whine and complain to get sympathy. Because I said, white people, are, a lot of times, they are not very sympathetic to other white people. That's why you got the clique members. They sit around and gossip and talk bad about other white people all day long. Even some of the people he's complaining to, they wait five seconds and talking about him. That's why they like to go to the Negro section. I don't go talk to the black people. They're down and out. They—they're treating me just like you are, my black cousins. They—they niggerizing me. Don't appreciate me and mess me over. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, the. Oh, he said the troublemaker, uh, white woman. She was on the. She came down to try to get all of her restitution and everything. Uh, Ron DeSantis did put that in. Uh, they had approved it so that no count felons like her, uh, they could vote and all of that, move forward with their life. And Ron DeSantis, mm mm, mm mm, mm mm. Got to pay all the restitution back first. Like, mm mm. We're, we're not moving forward with anything until we have every red cent. Pay it up. Thank the governor for that one. Uh, she says yeah I got to pay all this you know back so I can move forward my dad who's on the police department used to help get all this expunged dang now how many black people can say that they got relatives on the police department anywhere Sheriff Clark you know that was my uncle that was my grandpa that was my dad used to get speeding tickets yelled at in school all kinds of things go to mcdonald's and turn up man we we dine and dash, man run up a $300 tab he was acting a fool man Psh, sheriff clark came in squashed <laughs> like, how many black because i mean there have been black police officers i think huey p newton even said that his dad was a police officer from the black panther party infamous huey p newton i think his dad was even a police officer there are a number of black people that you know have worked on uh police departments uh sheriff's departments all of that Uh, over years now how many of them had that much clout I don't know I'm just saying that that's the type of thing that I could see for white children over and over and over like generations of this because my granddad or my uncle or my auntie or my cousin or chum I went to high school with or random white person who works at the police department and all fellow white brother Michael Swango, man, that's what we're reading about right now. That's what we're reading about right now. He checked the box. I said that last week. He checked the box. White convicted felon. He poisoned other white people, and they repeatedly give him jobs where they know. It's not even some ignorance or we didn't know, and he tricked us. Nope. He checked the box, convicted felon. He's still a good-looking white man. Come on in. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Come on, yes. That right there, system of white supremacy racism. That's why I said it's in uh, Clarence Lusane. still talking about labor. He said, if you are a white college dropout with a high school record, probably like this chick, I don't know about the high school dropout part, but he said she is more likely to be employed to get a job than a black person with a college degree and no criminal record. That's how you have situations. A black female been there for nineteen years and can't get promoted. Should be and that's probably the thing. You should be happy you got this job anyway. We let you hang out here for nineteen years. You could be cleaning toilets, making chicken nuggets. The Oh, and then they got the replacement. They got the replacement. So he said that the uh, person retired white person is supposed to be taking their job, but mysteriously ominously the office remains vacant. Hmm. Is something awry now? Unfortunately, since he did tell us not that long ago, my mind wandered back to, like, ooh we did they check this white person's resume or what have you and find out, like, wait a minute, can you type? Oh, Lord, we got another one. You can't even ooh. type. Oh, 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 what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We got that nigger woman that's been here night. We'll figure it out. God, next time, next time we test, see if they can type first. Like, did that happen again? Like, come on all the, all the cronyism man you get all of these old unqualified white people and you get your nephew and you get your niece and your chum like i said your chum from elementary school and all this old nonsense and you get all these uh work avoidant wanda white grown white people who can't type the white fella he said uh unprofessional doesn't know how to talk to people that's how you end up with a whole not a whole office really a co- a whole courthouse full dr campbell talked about that all that cronyism and white people that filled up the whole building with all these unqualified shiftless white people come on man like i said then you got the hard working black female been there for 19 years who so i'm willing to bet a few nickels she can type and then they'll turn around and tell you about meritocracy. You can't even spell meritocracy, much less type it. White supremacy, racism, the cronyism is just like, oh my God, Like you would have to, I wish that had been explained before, even though that is kind of dangerous because that can really burst your motivation, especially for a young person. You never want to kill the motivation of a young person, but man, that you can work really, really hard do really, really well be extremely competent and eh, we'd rather have the white felon who dropped out of school Mark Furman we'd rather have the white Furman who dropped out of school or my niece needs a job she's shiftless, we've been trying she's at McDonald's, she quits every other day but, you know we got her back That sort of thing. Widespread (laughs) on the job. That's another one you can pay attention to in the workplace and tell your children about. Because that's something that I really had not processed and grasped what a widespread aspect of white supremacy racism that is. Just straight cronyism. But explain it to your children. I can't emphasize enough. That is one of the easy ways. Talk to your children about racism. So many black people I've heard over the years say that, that they don't you know, know how to articulate all of this and it's difficult and they don't have a manual. All of that is true. At the end of the day, one of the easy ways you can talk to them about racism is just be honest about what your experience with racism has been. What has your experience with white people been? What has your experience been on the job? Labor talk to them about that you don't have to tell them all at one time you can you know divide it up as you kind of reflect on your life I would hope most attempted parents do that it's really just talking about your life and times like I would hope most children they would want to know well okay this is how dad came to be this person. Okay, what you've experienced. You're talking about racism all the time and saying this is a big deal. Okay, how has this been for you personally? Okay, this is what you've experienced. Wow, they did what? Wow, he peed in your, okay, like whatever. Talk to your children about racism on the job. That should be like the ease or when I say easiest, meaning you don't need a textbook, right? You don't have to go take a class. You don't need a manual to know how you have experienced racism on your job, for the most part. Just talk about that. Passed over 19 years and no promotion. That right there. You don't need somebody. You are the expert as far as that goes. Our caller in Florida, were you going to add something?
0: Yes, sir, Gus, just, just two quick things. Uh, I was just thinking about how how extensive the criminal record was. It goes all the way back to 1981. 1981 to 2022. And at least 55 years old. So she's saying, oh, well, you know, I'm getting to this age where I can't be lifting these boxes. Those are the only jobs that I can get. Like, I'm supposed to uh empathize. So I'm just typing and just printing out what I need to print out. And um and the the last one was when the, the white woman was leaving. Okay. Now I think it's, it was some issue between her and the other white person, uh white boss or whatever. She was leaving and I didn't really engage in all of the party, the potlucks and all of that. The victim was saying, Oh, you're just such the you're you're the you're the best boss ever and the white woman said, oh, stop it, you don't mean that. Mm. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I just said, huh, that was that was interesting though. Um so she just pretty much walked out and that's all I wanted to really add. That was a interaction that she just I guess um became uh <laughs> Some people I don't know, they say transparent or just who she really is. And she just said, Hey, like you can't really fool me like like you don't really mean that. But that that's it. That's all I wanted to add.
1: It doesn't get any better than tacky, you know? Like all of it really. It's it's just tacky through and through. I can't emphasize enough for those potlucks and things. No eating. Like in fact, even just because of what we read in the Swanko book yesterday where he was hoarding food that other people had bought into the office. If you bring food, I would take out whatever you're going to eat. If you, you whatever you bring in, let's say you bring in roasted Brussels sprouts. I would scoop out the roasted Brussels sprouts that you're going to eat. If you got, you know, your homie, I think his mom works at the courthouse too. Okay, I'm up mom and I got two homies. So scoop out Brussels sprouts for us and then everything else is for everybody else. Bam. Once it's down on the table, it's gone. It's not mine anymore. That's everybody else. Dig in. I'm not eating any of it. Just because I read that yesterday where he was nabbing food that other people had brought in. Like, man, I'm good on all of that. That was the case before we read Swango when it was just you don't know what their sanitary conditions are like in their kitchen. You don't know if they wash their hands or whatever else. You're good. Now it's way beyond that. Same conclusion. You're good. No potlucks. I'm not. Like, if you bring something, scoop out, boop, 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 and then that's good. Yup, nope. You all have it all. Dig in. I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) Like, on everything. I'm good. And then the rest of it, yeah, for the retirements and all that stuff, because it doesn't get any better than tacky. And really, her lame and tacky response, she knows it it doesn't get any better than tacky all of this is a bunch of phony and bringing in some old phony balloons and phony party favors and oh we love you lie oh you're the best boss lie like she knows that she's a she's been she's heard the click man she's probably been in the click like man we sit around here and talk about everybody and cursing folks out and throwing beverages in people's face. Like, man, that's why I can't be ready to get out of here. All my homies retired. I'm going to go and text. But we're going to talk about you all every day. <laughs> like, that's what we've been doing for however long she's been there. Like we be passing rumors and jokes about you all every day now. Like, come on. It does not get any better than tacky. That's really that's why Fuller said no on the holiday parties because it's so phony. He said that all that phoniness, once it wears out, that's when it gets to the terrorism and the racist jokes and everything else. But it's so phony and tacky. That's where it, that right there was the essence of the triple T and then you got a brilliant illustration of it right there. She's even just trying to fake her way through that. You're the best boss. Ah, you don't even mean that. Nah. <laughs> she could have she could have just gave it, Oh thanks, thank yeah, yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, no further reminder I'm good deuces on all that we've had so many people where it's like I'm not signing the card no I'm not pitching in for a gift no I'm not pitching in for a cake and I don't want a slice either I'm good back to work then they try to shame you you know on top of all that nonsense as well and uh, the empathy trying to get us that's the same rationale where the white woman who's losing the weight and she's going to be blonde the white woman who's got (laughs) 50 year history of criminal activity you've been a hoodlum for a half century that's longer than most of us been alive you know go ahead, wait. my hands i can't keep lifting those boxes <laughs> nobody told you to go out here and be bonnie and Clyde, gangster of south florida for all these years get your life right man You're a white woman. You don't even have no excuse, man. Get it together, man. (laughs) Let me get your... That's where you do the exact opposite. The black. Let me show you where the slave records are. Do you need any water? Can I get your... Okay. This is where the slave records are. You can put in... Everything. You. Let me get your records for you, man. Right here. Here's your restitution. Did you need anything else? (laughs) All righty. Get out of here. Like, oh, I'm so sorry for you. Really? Those boxes are so heavy. I know get out and what type of crime were you committing for 50 years like really come on come on come on no sympathy particularly no sympathy Michael Swango whoever this white chicken no sympathizing for white felons criminals race soldiers done enough of that thank you much obliged to our caller uh in Florida Man, I cannot emphasize enough. Uh just even all of that right there, you can be we could be talking to our children. It could be something where you could give them drips and drabs. Like by the time they get old enough, they might be asking you, like anything happened at work today, Dad? Race soldiers, they try and get you? They put something in your sandwich? <laughs> like they might be asking you serious questions once they grasp, like what all of this is happening and you can relate it to them the same way we talk about school. Cause that really is the same environment. You know, that's kind of what it is training, setting them up for. So that's the way that you can break it down to them so that they can understand. But that should be like a really accessible way to articulate. And you could talk about your school experience too. So you can show generations, hopefully so you can show them why they are not in public schools. But you could do that as well. That's like two really easy. Just talk about how you have experienced racism. It certainly can be the other ways as well. But school, job, you should have lots. Pages, really. Make little notes and just like I said, make it age appropriate for them with vocabulary and what have you. And just detail. 19 years I've been trying to get a promotion. I watch people come in here who can't even get, can't even type, man. You can put that to a child at seven, eight years old. Can you type? Come on now. Been swiping since I was three. Okay. We got grown white people on my job and they can't type. They got hired. They probably, a seven year old, they probably have the same response that I did. Like what? A grown, what? Like I can, I'm seven, man. Like I can barely read. I can't even read the New York Times good yet, but I can type like what? What does it mean to be white? Anyway, uh, other folks, uh, any comments that they want to make sure they get in, how they have navigated all of the madness Negro Friday. And if you had to work yesterday, if you got all of this time off, great. Hopefully you have been unharassed. Uh, for the duration if you did get maybe the whole week off or a few number of days or whatever it is so that you can come into work refreshed, revitalized, unmolested uh, from the so-called holiday. Uh, Again, we'll be here on Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, uh, compensatory call-in. We'll catch up on what has transpired over the last seven days or so. Holidays, all the rest of it. Uh, I did see that they had uh, yet another uh, train derailment uh, this week in Kentucky. Uh, that stood out to me just because <clears throat> the year began. They had all of those uh, train derailments. They had the one, uh, I was in Ohio, I believe, and then they had a different uh, trail derailment uh, in a different part of the Northeast. Uh, and then they had <clears throat> a major. Uh, train derailment i think that one was in pakistan like these all happened right in a big cluster at the beginning of the year and they were saying that a part of this is infrastructure they said also a part of this is uh staffing shortages remember they were having potential strikes with rail workers uh, and they were talking about how they don't get sick days we even had some of our cows listeners dialed in Railroad workers not getting sick days not getting adequate compensation they also dealing with staffing shortages they were saying that uh just infrastructure in general tracks need to be updated and all the rest of it and climate change also they were saying these are some of the factors that were contributing to why there are seeming to be more of these train derailments or at least this is a growing threat seemingly worldwide and then have another one Uh, This week, I don't know if that's uh, one of those where if you are looking for a job or younger folks that are thinking, working on the railroad, this type of thing, they might be hiring more folks for this sort of job and or thinking, whoa, let me check because they have been saying that, yeah, part of the reason they're having these derailments is them rushing folks and them not being able to take time for safety. I think those are some of the allegations that were being made at the beginning of the year as well, that when you are understaffed and everything is rush, 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 trying to make money and move all this product as fast as possible, uh, that sometimes that means that you skimp or you outright overlook safety protocols. We don't do everything possible to make sure that we don't have derailments certainly I'm not an expert on trains or derailments and the situation in Kentucky unfolding, but I know they, uh, requested that the residents of Rockcastle County, uh, in Kentucky, where this happened to evacuate. Um, that is, I mean, man, like I can't even imagine like a train wreck and then you got to leave on top of it. Like until they figure out and make sure everything is safe. Cause I like, think they had a fire and then chemical spill and all the rest of it. Like, man, uh, I guess both, like I said, they do have a problem with labor with regards to the railroad industry, but then uh, they have a problem with regards to a shortage, not enough workers. But then there's also reports of a problem that those workers are not getting the best treatment. So lots to process uh, and think on. Anywho, I'll make sure I miss any emails. Okay, got all our emails. Uh, last like minute. Make sure we didn't miss anybody if they have comments they need to get in. Uh, Folks are enjoying uh, their time. So-called holiday weekend. Uh, I cannot stress enough. Sobriety would be best. Uh, white people are not really that into all of this either they're into the money making and the white supremacy racism aspect of this but i mean you hear tons of white people they're like man i need a fifth of anything to get through this weekend Ugh, have to deal with my family and relatives and you hear tons. that's like cliche uh and it's also cliche about uh mental illness and lots of people having mental health problems during this time of year if you are in that group certainly get help. Hopefully you have people that you can speak to. Uh, They have resources where you can reach out and have folks to talk to. uh, Take all of that very serious. Uh, But white people are very aware of the phoniness and tackiness uh, of all of that. Everything that happens uh, in this time uh, of the year, the gift buying and just everything about it is just fake and phony. Uh, Try not to get caught up into all of that and remind folks getting caught up into all of that sobriety when they have these shindigs and work parties and family parties and all of that, you do not need to have a taste of anything. That is exactly how some of it gets out of hand. In fact, someone had just sent me that they had, I think it was a party. I have to see if I can pull that up. Uh, this will be our, unless uh, other folks have commentary to be our last thing. They had some sort of wacky uh, office party, Make sure I get the correct details. They had a. Uh, it was some office party, office holiday party that got out of control. Let's see. Oh, I just had it. Someone had just sent it to me. I keep getting all the. Uh, reports about the UK uh, staffing but there was like recent within the last two weeks or so uh, they just had some major chain uh, they had a I think it was like a pizza restaurant and they had their office party and somehow it ended up getting to like like I think they said like some sort of alcohol fueled like romp (laughs) or what have you like oh my gosh it was just crazy and that's why I said once again sobriety would be best particularly at any of these office parties because I've seen that and it's so con- I've not seen where it gets to alcohol fueled orgy but I have seen and I've experienced on like jobs where I've worked personally where they have talked about alcohol being a, an issue at these holiday parties or birthday parties or whatever that they have and people ended up doing things sexually sometimes where it was uh, mutually invited and then other times where it was not <laughs> and it was sexually inappropriate contact and all the rest of it man sobriety you go to any of those, those parties and what I said you can't eat anything either because you have no idea I think somebody when they sw- uh, when they sent me that report they were saying like dang do you think somebody swango them do you think somebody put something like in the punch or the french onion dip and you know got them acting all crazy or what have you i have no idea um i didn't read that i don't think um in in the actual reports that anybody was drugged or what have you but man uh I, <laughs> Oh, it was Taco Bell. That's what it was. It was Taco Bell. It was Taco Bell. Okay. Uh, I'll read a teaspoon. That's why I was thinking pizza, because they have some of the Taco Bells in the U.S. It's Pizza Hut and Taco Bell combined. Okay. the report reads ex-employee sues Taco Bell after witnessing orgy at outrageous Christmas party. This is published November 23rd. Uh, That's yesterday. Uh, in what has to be one of the most bizarre work Christmas party incidents a former Taco Bell employee is suing the fast food restaurant after allegedly walking in on a group sex act Act. work Christmas parties can often get wild but one ex-Taco Bell employee claims she was left shocked and disgusted after witnessing just how close her co-workers are according to a lawsuit the worker Alana Beckiam filed a lawsuit against the restaurant chain in Los Angeles County Superior Court on the 15th of november the lawsuit alleged she was invited to the christmas party on december 18 2022 which she was told was going to be a potluck style buffet at the california taco bell she worked at hoping to delight her co-workers with her bowl of guacamole she came to the store but quickly realized something wasn't right according to the lawsuit Beckiam alleged the windows were covered in wrapping paper and the lobby's surveillance cameras had also been covered. She went on to claim that her supervisor had been providing alcohol to employees, though she stated some had been over-served. During the party, Beckham stepped outside to mingle with other employees, and when she returned back inside, she claimed she found a coworker having sex with his wife in front of everyone at the party. She said that while this was happening, the coworker's wife was kissing two women, her manager and another colleague. She then left the party feeling disgusted and outraged, according to the suit. Now I'm going to stop there. Um it goes on to give the former employee added that after running out, she returned to fetch her guacamole bowl, only to find that one of the co-workers engaged in the orgy were vomiting in her bowl. I'm definitely going to stop there. My apologies if you were eating. I didn't know that vomiting was going to pop in this, but I told you it was a wild orgy. Didn't I tell you? Anyway, uh, you can keep the bowl. You can keep the bowl add that to the bill for the lawsuit. I want a new bowl. Uh, I cannot threaten it. Like I said, we did have somebody from the Catherine Massey book club say, now do you think they slipped something in the guacamole or <laughs> whatever to get them boiling? I don't know. Uh, now, having read that, since everybody wasn't exactly engaged in the orgy, uh, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, it seemed like it was a lot of other people around and they weren't outraged or disgusted they weren't grabbing their bowl of chitlins or whatever they brought to leave so i don't know uh all i can say is sobriety would be best and that i have said for years if you got to go to one of these type events many of us have jobs where they will tell you they'll be looking at you sideways if you don't attend might not get that end up being 19 years no promotion if you have to attend you are sober. There is no, I was over I didn't get a teaspoon. You take one person with you. That's what I've said for years. This is why. You take one person with you who is also sober. That can be your wife, attempted care mate, whatever. Friend, brother, mother, father, whatever. They're sober too. And you all talk before you even get inside. The day before or whatever you talk now and we see anything looks like people are flipping out, they might be engaged in sexual intercourse, anything that even looks like this is not just we're gonna sit, we're gonna eat our guacamole and tortilla chips, we're gonna take a picture, yiggle, and leave after an hour or whatever. Anything that looks like it is beyond that realm. <laughs> we are not safe comfortable something that's not supposed to be happening bam this is the code you look you call boom boom I say this and we are out of there in 30 seconds like we've already discussed that situation like this I would have had to leave that guacamole I wouldn't have even went back inside once i seen like whoa because I don't know like what is am I going to be grabbed next is there something did somebody spike the punch like that gotta go Gotta go. <laughs> I don't. If that's my mother's guacamole bowl, if she's deceased, oh my god, Mama, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I took my, took your bowl to the party. You have to forgive me. Oh my gosh, I get a new bowl. We will start a new tradition. Oh Mama, I'm so sorry, but yeah, I could not. And Mama would be the first one. The child, you did the right thing. I didn't raise no fool. That bowl is not worth that. That you worth way more than the bowl. I got to the flea market get a new bowl. <laughs> That's what mama would say. Don't even go back for the bowl. That's what I mean about these old lame parties because there's so many ex- I told you when I went to find this and this was from today the report that I read when I went to find this it was pulling up uh, Boris Johnson in the UK when they were in the middle of COVID-19 and they had the same thing alcohol fueled raunch and they're breaking off of it. The- this is so common i told i have been on jobs where they said this sort of thing happened if it does you could be fired you have to observe the same company policy and procedure at the office party as you would in the office i have literally had trainers tell me that to my face and give me examples of company history as to how this became policy and procedure Have a code. If you have, don't Fuller said, don't attend. I played that today. He said, don't attend. Don't even go. Don't even worry about it. If you have to go, I've said it for you. You do thirty minutes. Say hi. We are out of here. Anything crazy like that happens? It happened after our thirty minutes. Hopefully, we missed all of that. You have to get me on the the water cooler on Monday. anybody out there if you get a better code right and then they have the white children at the park because we've had people writing about that too sometimes they'll bring their little urchin to these parties and now that has a whole nother you know Ooh, they're running around <laughs> and terrorizing people. and you got drunk adults too so the parents might not be paying attention to what they're doing and all like man, that alone if I go to this event and I see that they're white children here like Whoop. that 30 minutes has been moved down to 15 minutes danger night unless the parents got them they're seated they're gonna eat their food be relatively quiet they're not coming over to me to you know rock them pet them burp them nothing like that that nah, nah, that nah. anything where it looks like they're hopping around and yep, uh, well looks like we got to go check on the young folks oh i know you're all are gonna have a great time we'll see you on monday take care can't be messing around at those office parties man they can be out and we're not even talking about swango man (laughs) we're just talking about regular old white people they can be out of control i cannot emphasize enough sobriety sobriety and that's everything i'm not smoking nothing i'm not drinking nothing sobriety Anyway, they got the. I didn't even know places like Taco Bell had, like, an office party. Like, that's wild to me, too. But anyway, uh, we will assume, folks, Everybody satisfied for their evening. Got everything they wanted to share. Grant will be here for uh, Saturday. Compensatory call in 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Sobriety. Would be best under conditions of white supremacy, uh Ted, if you have young folks uh if they you know are college students or what have you, and they want to go hang out with their friends for the holiday or whatever, even if you got older folks and they want to go out party, celebrate they got a long weekend, sobriety you do not want to be out gallivanting and you've had a sip, little buzzed, they will for sure have the sobriety checkpoints close to where the dark people reside. Definitely tell young drivers. In fact, I wouldn't even want to be out driving late this weekend. Number one, sobriety checkpoints. Number two, you probably will still have lots of intoxicated motorists for this weekend. I wouldn't want to be out in all of that either. it has been time replace white supremacy with justice immediately no gossiping no name calling no throwaway offspring cow signing up thanks all for tuning in nigga you so brainwashed
0: i'm a victim
1: brother you a victim <laughs>
0: Shut I'm a up. victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. A man has programmed my conditioning. hmm Even my conditioning has been conditioned. <laughs>
9: plus.